You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Uh, tomorrow's game day, and I'm excited. I want to share a few things with you, and then I actually got to have a conversation with uh, John Williams from Locked On Sooners and Linda from Locked On Pokes. Uh, and we talked a little Big 12 football going into um, the first week of the season. But passing along a few TCU notes first, uh, the Frogs soccer team, they beat Colorado 2 to nothing uh, on Thursday night. Another impressive win for Eric Bell's squad. Grace Collins had two goals. Um, and uh, one thing that's really been a pleasant surprise for me, you know, obviously losing Emily Avalaredo in goal, you thought, man, this team might take a step back defensively. Uh, but Lauren Kellett has been great in goal for the Frogs so far. Another shutout. She had two saves on Thursday night. So a nice win for TCU. And it was Eric Bell's 100th career victory. So they continue to roll along. Um, an impressive non-conference victory for the Frogs. They're doing great things there at Garvey Rosenthal. Uh, and it's really cool to see some momentum starting to build. I know the, the people that are getting out there are making some noise and making some things happen when they go watch TCU soccer. So nice win. For that team, um, TCU Duquesne tomorrow, I'm excited, uh, going with a purple jersey, purple uh, pants, black helmet combo, if you saw that on Twitter. Um, I think this should be a, a good game where the Frogs take care of business. Obviously, main things you're looking for, just efficiency on offense, a defense that's flying around, um, but also just the excitement of, hey, another game in Amon G. Carter at night. Uh, full capacity, so stoked to see what TCU does um, in this first game on Saturday night against a solid FCS opponent, but a group that they should handle uh, if they execute and do things well, should win going away. So, um, big weekend for TCU football. I'll chat with Matt Jennings on Monday about this game, and uh, another story that came out that I won't spend a lot of time on today, maybe we'll get back into it next week. But apparently the Big 12 is looking to expand, according to Max Olson from The Athletic. And the teams that they are targeting are BYU, Cincinnati, uh, Boise State, and UCF. So sort of the best of the best as far as football goes from the group of five. I think that would continue to keep the league as a very competitive football conference. I don't know how much it moves the needle in the TV markets. I I don't think it does a whole lot. Um, But those are four really solid programs. Um, So we'll discuss that next week as well. But right now, here's a conversation I have with John Williams from Locked On Sooners and Linda from Locked On Pokes. Enjoy the game Saturday, folks, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Hey there, and welcome to a very special Big 12 preview show with me, John Williams from Locked On Sooners, Stephen Simcox of Locked On TCU, no, sorry, Locked On Horned Frogs, and Linda Godfrey of Locked On Pokes. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you, John? Doing doing great. Football season is upon us. We're recording this on Thursday night, and we got a barn burner already happening with Ohio State and Minnesota. And if the college football season is anything like this opening big – I mean, we had an opening weekend last week. Week zero doesn't really count. This is really the first kickoff. And if it's going to be anything like this, it's going to be a fantastic season. Stephen, let's start with you. Looking at the TCU Horn Frogs, you got Max Duggan. This is a team that's being – slated as kind of a dark horse in the big 12 
What is it exactly that has people so excited about TCU in 2021? A lot of experience coming back. I mean, you start with Max Duggan. It'll be his third full year starting, um, really his first full off season with the craziness of COVID last year. And then he had the heart issue going into fall camp that set him back a little bit. So he's going to have to make a, a jump, but I think uh, the conditions are there for him to do it. And um, on the outside, some playmakers like Quentin Johnston, uh, an offensive line that people think is going to be improved, a really good running back in Zach Evans. And you couple that with a defense um, that has a, a good secondary coming back. There's some questions on the front seven, but I, I really feel like, you know, Gary Patterson will figure out the defense as the year goes on. So um, a tough schedule. I mean, the, the non-con slate, aside from this uh, Duquesne game coming up this weekend, Cal and SMU, I think those will be some good measuring sticks for this team on the road at maybe the best three teams in the conference, right? Like you're playing in Norman and Ames and Stillwater this year. Um, so I think they could be better and still end up being eight and four, nine and three, something like that. But um, this is the year that they've been building towards for the last few seasons. And they have a lot of returning production coming back. I think if this wasn't um, a post-COVID year where there's a lot of teams with extra eligibility and guys that uh, are, are playing another season in college, they would probably be, you know, maybe fighting for a Big 12 championship. But this is a, a deep conference this year. So uh, TCU set up pretty well. It, it has to come together on the field. I, I still think you're banking on uh, a couple of what ifs and the biggest one being, can your quarterback make consistent plays in the pocket and make, you know, that passing game a legitimate threat. But if that happens, then I feel like the ceiling for this TCU squad is pretty high. And now turning over to Linda, we had one returning quarterback with, Max Duggan over at TCU. We got another one coming back in Spencer Sanders. However, lost Tylen Wallace, lost Chuba Hubbard to the NFL. Oklahoma State is still kind of being slated as one of those teams that could contend for the Big 12. What is it that has people so excited about Oklahoma State heading into 2021? Well, I think a lot of it comes with the confidence that Mike Gundy's put into Spencer Sanders all offseason. He's been saying uh, how much he's grown by leaps and bounds. And I hope that he has because his decision-making has been questionable in the past. When you have a quarterback that can do both run and throw, that's fantastic. But if they're better at running than they are throwing, that that I'm concerned about it. So everything that Mike Gundy has been saying has put confidence in the fan base into Spencer Sanders. But the offensive line should be better than last year. The defense is returning Almost everybody, you know, we lost to Ogbong Bamiga. We lost Rodarius Williams to the Chargers and the uh, New York Giants. But the the defense really returns a pretty solid group. They were a very group good group last year. And the Big 12, you guys know we get harped on a lot for not having fantastic defenses. So it's nice to have a strong returning defense, a third down lockdown defense. I think they'll be fantastic this year. I'm really excited about the young wide receiver room there are a lot of great young talents coming in in uh but uh tay martin who is i think going to take that tylen wallace role everything i've seen from him and i went to the spring game everybody looked fantastic um i i'm just i'll be interested mostly to see the offensive line in the running back room the depth chart came out and mike gundy had all four running backs listed not as starters but as 
as options to kind of go in and out of. So I think the non-conference games leading into the season will kind of lend to how we see the running back room play out. And if that offensive line can make the jump that I hope that they can to be a more solidified unit this season, then the sky's the limit for Oklahoma State. If So those are the three things for me. Spencer Sanders making better decisions, throwing the football, the offensive line being a consistent lockdown group and how the running back room plays out. Yeah, certainly important aspects of your team. I think the thing that you mentioned that hit me the most is that if you don't have a quarterback in today's college football that can actually throw the ball, you're going to struggle a little bit. Uh, you can't just be a guy that's a 50% passer like Nebraska had last week and expect to be competitive. Uh, Linda, sticking with you, what are you thinking is kind of the ceiling for Oklahoma State this year? Do you think they are a team that's going to be capable of kind of reaching the Big 12 championship, contending, and then knocking off an Iowa State or Oklahoma? So I know people are very high on Iowa State and it, it being an uh, – Sooners, Iowa or Cyclones kind of top two situation in the Big 12 right now. I do think Oklahoma State has the chance to beat both based solely on, I, I think when they play the Sooners at the end of the season in Stillwater, the mentality is there's going to be so much more like grit and anger on the line just because of what's happening with the realignment. And sorry, I, yeah, mm, it doesn't feel like you're sorry, but we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, the, uh, just I think the the mindset going into this season is going to be a lot stronger than than a usual season, and I, so I, I I mean I always think they have a chance at the Big Twelve Championship, but I I genuinely believe that they have that shot. Their defense I think is maybe the best in the Big Twelve, and if they can shut down a offensive uh, powerhouse of a conference like the Big Twelve brings every year, then they have just as good a chance as Iowa state to go up against the Sooners in the big 12 championship. Yeah. It's going to come down for Oklahoma to, I mean, TCU, Oklahoma state, Iowa state. I mean, a lot of people just kind of assume that Oklahoma is going to win it, but the big 12 is deeper. I feel like this year than it's been in, in a while. And I think a lot of it is the amount of returning players you have. Even at West Virginia, you got a Jarrett Dodge coming back. You got, a good defense coming back with Baylor. I mean, Baylor gave Oklahoma fits last year and didn't have an offense to go with it. Uh, you know, Iowa state's going to be good. Oklahoma state's going to be good. TCU's going to be good. I mean, Texas tech, if they can actually find some consistency, who knows what they're going to bring. I feel like to me, just looking at this defense or the, the conference from top to bottom, it's really hard to not like a lot of the teams. I mean, Kansas state, we haven't talked about them yet. And I mean, they've been Oklahoma's kryptonite the last couple of years. And they're bringing back a lot of really good players too. And arguably one of the hottest coaches in college football and Chris Kleiman. So, so Steven, you know, looking at the, the depth of the conference, like, you know, TCU is going to be right there, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, Iowa state. Do, who do you think is kind of the team that could jump up and really surprise in the conference this year? That's a good question. Uh, you know, West Virginia comes to mind. I know, along with, with Daigie, Letty Brown's back. And I just think Neil Brown's a good coach. That's a tough place to play in Morgantown. Um, and then the other team I'll say, and it, it's kind of funny because we don't really know about their quarterback situation, but you mentioned Baylor's defense. And I just, I think if Gary Bohannon 
can show some ability to throw the football. I know he's a, a good running quarterback and a big guy who can get downhill. Um, then that could be a, a tough team to beat. You know, Dave Aranda, I just – I think there was such little that you could actually gain from or assess from what they did last year with the COVID year and it being his first season. Uh, that'd be a huge jump for them. And I'm not saying necessarily they could be a team that is playing for a Big 12 title. But I, I do think you make a good point, John. This might be, like, from start to finish, as good as Oklahoma is projected to be, the toughest schedule they're going to have to get through. Like, I, I think there is more potential for a random, you know, oh, we lost this game on the road. And you've seen that in the past against K-State um, and, and others. But, yeah, it is a deep conference. I mean, aside from KU – uh, I feel like just about everybody is pretty pretty bullish on what they have. Even Texas Tech, I'm not a big Tyler Shuck believer, but I know that he's has some hype, and Matt Wells is uh, certainly going to be motivated to get it done in, in a year where he's probably on the hot seat. Uh, but, yeah, West Virginia and Baylor are the two that come to mind that are sort of, I guess, middle of the pack that I could see um, making a run at that top tier of, you know, four or five teams right now. And Linda, let's go to you real quick. Who do you think is a team that, you know, has high expectations? I mean, you mentioned Iowa State, but who's somebody you think might disappoint based on preseason projections? Do you really want to go there, John? Or Bring it. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, outside of OU, who I always think, like people love Spencer Rattler, and I think that's great. I have some reserves about what I've seen just when he goes to the NFL at the NFL level, I think he'll be fine in college. But when you set an expectation so high, it's pretty easy to miss on. So I could see OU having an over-projected offense. That being said, I think Iowa State is is my answer there. I understand the upside and, and the excitement behind the team that's being built there, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them kind of finish middle of the pack uh once once it's all said and done this season and you you wouldn't be alone i think the the potential outcomes for iowa state are about as random as anybody in the conference yeah i think you know josh Pate from 247 sports he picks them to win the big 12 and go to the college football playoff he's about the only person i've seen do that um but hey credit to him going out on them i love matt campbell i think he's a great head coach Brock Purdy, he's been up and down in his career. Brees Hall, that's my dude. If you've listened to Locked On Sooners for the last year, you know my affinity for Brees Hall. Uh, and then it's, and, and then you hope that the defense is as good as it was last year with guys like Mike Rose and Will McDonald coming back as well. And so I, I think, again, but they're going to have to overcome a tough Big 12 schedule like we talked about. And, you know, for Oklahoma, you, you, we don't really have much of a non-conference schedule. We start with Tulane on Saturday. Then we got Western Carolina coming to town. And then we got the Nebraska Cornhuskers, the embarrassingly terrible Nebraska Cornhuskers. Sorry, it's always fun to rag on Nebraska. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting. You know, they, they fired Bo Pelini, who they had to get rid of because he was just a toxic head coach. And they just haven't done anything since. So maybe they, they need to find somebody that's kind of Bo Pelini-ish, but maybe not so toxic. Um, 